What's good, Defenders? It's time for episode 189. Is it 189, well, I mean, I lost track because I, you, you guys didn't even bother posting the sporty Kansas I feel like City I, we, I, it's not done editing yet, but I feel like we lost track. 189 of the most LAFC podcast on earth. And yes, all that ambient noise you hear in the background, that is live from Saturday's football here in beautiful Echo Park, Eagle Rock on York Boulevard. Look, if you don't know how to get to Saturday's football, you guys are missing out. You know I mean, you're my You're telling voice. people to go to Echo Park and Eagle hold Rock. Hold on, I haven't introduced already. you yet. You hold on. My name is The Scarf, J.R. Liebert, and you know that voice sitting across this beautiful handmade wooden table on York Boulevard in Saturday's football as we stare at a Queensboro FC jersey. He is one Christian Philly Philemon. Defenders, what is going on? Happy Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day you're listening to this podcast. As Scarf alluded to, we are coming from the beautiful setting of Saturday's football. We were hanging out in the basement, which they call the house of football, and if you are unaware of this location, you got to check it out. If you're a sucker for football kits, much like Scarf and myself, you will be happy, happy to be here. There are so many unbelievable kits. I'm staring at a Cantona to the right. I'm staring at a uh, a bunch of awesome Bayern Munich kits to the upper left of me. They want their classic card. I got Queensboro FC over I got there. a bunch of we MLS kits behind us. I got, got a Scarf in front of me. Hello. This is a, this is a good day. And they also make their own hats, their own merch here too, so you could uh, support and represent Saturday's football if you want by buying a piece of their merch as well. They are the kit sponsor of Queensboro FC, soon to launch their stuff online. So, uh, Kick Philly, ass. We, uh, we are here on York Boulevard at Saturday's Football. We just came from the basement. A little tighter than what we thought it might be with FC Cincinnati, but you know what? We just played a match just four days ago, and, you know, maybe a couple of, uh, of tired legs out there for LAFC. We know that, obviously, one player came into the match hurt because he subbed off late, but you know what, Philly? Taking three points on the road in Major League Soccer, I don't care where you do it, when you do it, how you do it. Three points is three points, and that keeps LAFC at the top of the table. Winning on the road in Major League Soccer is a tough thing, but we can't make the excuse that we had tired legs coming off a win in the U.S. Open Cup because FC Cincinnati Cincinnati also came off of a win against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. So they too are functioning in the same level that LAFC is, albeit with a lot of their big guns yeah. out. We had a lot of our big guns in. We're going to go through the lineups. You will be absolutely amazed at the amount of players that FC Cincinnati did not field, and yet they somehow still managed to give LAFC a good run. Look, we're going to talk about this throughout this podcast. Sometimes you play down to the level of your opponent, and today is a perfect example of that statement right there. Yeah, look, I- I'm all for it because if you take three points on the road, that's three points. FC Cincinnati, though, that win over the Riverhounds, that was at home. That was at TQLMNOP Stadium where they <laughs> play in F- for FC Cincinnati. We had to travel all the way out here to beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio to be able to play FC Cincinnati at their Cincinnati's new nice this time of year, Scott. Sure, Cincinnati's nice ever. Yes, uh, lots of names in the 11 and the 18 that you'll be familiar with from FC Cincinnati. Look, full disclosure, Philly and I, our, our better halves have left us. They are off to Cal State Fullerton for the ACFC Portland Thorns match where we will be headed right after we record this episode. <laughs> we have to be. There's a bet going There's on. There's a bet, and they do not believe we can make it. Uh, full disclosure, I think they're right, but we will try no, either way. No, we'll I'm see. trying not to lose 20 bucks because I'd rather have that 20 bucks and spend it in Saturday's football scarf. I love it. I love it. Philly, look, normally we do this day in LSE history. Normally we do all kinds of other fun stuff. But, but you know we what? we are pressed for time. 
it's, it's a race against time. I, oh, that was a little. Like, Did you ever knows. see that recent commercial with Michael Buffer where Michael Buffer is having a normal conversation as Michael Buffer? Yes. I, I feel like we need to yes. do the same because I, <laughs> there are people working right now that are eagerly anticipating our departure from their establishment so they can go home and enjoy the rest they of their Sunday They want us funding. to get the hell All right, out. Let's paint the scenario for everybody, Scarf. FC Cincinnati. Yes. My pick on the Expansion Mansion, live on 110, yes. as the wooden spoon contender this season. A team that, well, completely overhauled their entire technical staff. You had Pat Noonan, and you had Chris Albright coming in from the Philadelphia Union. And you have Kenny Arena, assistant coach, coming from LAFC. Heard of him. Dominic Kinnear, one of the greatest coaches in terms of winning percentage in Major League Soccer, another assistant coach. A team looking to turn themselves around, albeit bringing in a bunch of has-beens and nobodies to pick up for a bunch of nobodies and never has-beens. Hey. That is FC Cincinnati's scenario. 12th in the East Scarf, 2-4-1, but still a player in Vasquez leading Major League Soccer in goals, but we would not see him today. Look, I will not appreciate you besmirching the good name of Kenneth Vermeer like that, sir, with never bends <laughs> and has-was. The third string keeper for FC Skyline Chile. tonight, he's the second string keeper because they just straight didn't even suit up. Their normal guy, that would be, is it Alec Khan? Alec Khan. He was Brad Guzan's backup at Atlanta United, a decent keeper with his own. He started Open Cup games, and I bet the way that Brad Guzan was playing this year before the injury, I bet they wish they still had him. Kids like six foot seven. He's absolutely massive. Philly, look. But he's absolutely non existent. Right. FC Cincinnati went from doormat to, I don't know, maybe not as bad as everybody thought they were. They've reeled off a couple of wins this season. They, you know what? I, I saw this great stat. They're undefeated in three of their last five. What the hell does that mean? That means they've lost two. They could have tied three matches for all it's worth. Look, this is a team. They have one of the most expensive players in history in Major League Soccer in Brenner, oh. who has, let's just say, not lived up to expectations so far. So you mentioned has-beens and maybe never was is and older guys, Dominic Baji and Alvis Powell. I loved the keeper that they had today. Celentano. Let's get into the lineups. I will go ahead and start with FC Cincinnati first. And they drafted this kid and he was a lot of fun to watch there on the back line. Roman Celentano. Watch that name. He is going to be a player in this league for quite some time. I thought he played very, very well today. Anybody's going to play very well when people take shots directly to the key. But look, he is a Generation Adidas kid. He's only 21 years old. He's from Naperville, Illinois. Oh, one of the most finest suburbs in the United States, by the way. And he looks all of 15 years old. So props to Roman Celentano on the back line. We had John Nelson, Tyler Blackett, and Ian Murphy. It's Calvin Harris on the wing. And no, not the famous DJ. This is just a player for FC Cincinnati. You've got Junior Moreno, Yuya Kubo, the Jamaican Alvis Powell, Luciano Acosta, Brenner, and Dominique Baji rounding out the 11. I'm going to just throw a couple names out here in the 18. Hottis Madunjanin is out there for FC Cincinnati. You have Archimedes, not the owl Ooh, from Sword in the Stone, what? but Archimedes Ordonez, all of 18 years old. Don't forget Jeff Cameron. Yes, that's right, everybody. There is a Jeff years young. Cameron sighting, 36 years old, and he has played a bunch of minutes starting six matches for FC Cincinnati this year. And their backup keeper, Philly, we know him, we love him. We thought he would be much better in the black and gold. One 
Kenneth Vermeer. No doubt, no doubt. And here's the thing. The players that we didn't mention on FC Cincinnati, which we would have thought would have featured in this match, out because of injury, huge. Gaddis, Ray Gaddis, not playing. Former Philadelphia Union player. Right. A big component as far as FC Cincinnati is concerned, not there. You had their leading scorer, Brandon Vasquez, leading Major League Soccer, tied with four other players for the league lead in Golden Boot. He's hurt. He's got five goals. So many players on this team coming in, beaten up, bruised. We had no doubts that maybe LAFC could absolutely put the shebang bang on FC Skyline Chile, but no, that wasn't the case. Look, and we fielded a very formidable and expensive and talented starting lineup against these guys. We absolutely did, but this is a, a very familiar trap game scenario for LAFC. We have a lesser opponent going on the road, FC Cincinnati, not a lot of expectations for them, so that is just the type of game, Philly, where they could come up and bite us, and bite us they did early, but Philly, who took the pitch for the LAFC Black and Gold. A very legit starting lineup, a team that's only lost once. In between the pipes, Maxime Kerpeau. And if you look at the Vancouver Whitecaps record, there's no doubt that Maxime is happy that he's in LA for sure. as opposed to being in Vancouver. You had Cheeky Palacios coming off one of his best games in a black and gold jersey. You had Daniil Henry, who arguably had maybe one of his worst games as a professional soccer player, period. Apparently he came in hurt, so let's give him the cap caveat for that. Let's yeah, we'll just, talk about that. Apparently. Obviously, his game went downhill when he collected a yellow card in the six minutes, but rough. we'll talk about that in a minute. We had Murray coming in. We had Ryan Hollingshead, Ilya Sanchez, Jose Cifuentes, Kellen Acosta, Mahala, Opoku, Chicho Arango, and Carlos Vela. Why? No Mamadou Fall, you ask? Yellow card accumulation. Why? No Eddie Segura? Still hurt. Why? No, uh, let's go through this. Ishmael Tajuri Shradi, Brian Quad Rodriguez. Strain, hamstring strain. And then you got the usual suspects. <laughs> Julian Gaines, pelvic strain. Eric Duenas, ankle injury. The greatest the, pelvic strain in the history of sports. He's been out a season and a half. I, I mean, I can't even imagine what he would have had to have done. I can't wait Giggity. till we interview him on this podcast. Julian, how in the <laughs> hell did you beat up your pelvis that bad? Oh, All right, so those are the 11 for both sides. And Philly, it, look, there was a decent crowd there for FC Cincinnati. They normally do very well at TQL Stadium. But that being said, LAFC not starting out very well. Honestly, the first note I have is exactly what you mentioned early on. In the sixth minute, Daniil Henry with a bad yellow card, and he looked like he was playing a little bit of a step slower. He had two different slides on slide tackles, one where he totally missed, and the second where he gave up a run into our own attacking third, or our defensive third, I should say. So Daniil Henry, not a great start to the match, but like we said, as it would turn out, we start off this game with an injured Daniil Henry, not 100%. Six minutes in, a yellow for Daniil. And FC Cincinnati playing an extremely high press to start. Several corners early, dominating possession. Even though Philly will go over it at the end, LAFC wound up retaining the bulk of the possession. But FC Cincinnati really dominating the first several minutes, maybe 10 minutes of this game. Now, without a doubt, and sometimes, you, and I said this earlier on, you play down to the level of your opponent. Yep. Sometimes when the opponent is great, greater to you, you rise to the occasion, which is exactly what FC Cincinnati did. But being a team that is not as talented as, as LAFC, LAFC clearly played down to the level of their opponent. In the ninth minute, Cheeky Palacios had a good ball in the box, but his forward pass had too much mustard on it. There was one play, and I forget exactly who it was. Murray trying to 
Punk. One of the what? What? I I couldn't even tell you who it was. I'd have to watch the game again. All right. We're at Saturday's football, trying to get this game done as quickly. Game as ended possible. about twelve. Murray minutes tries ago. to punk somebody. Murray gets punked along the lines. First twelve minutes, not playing very well. Fourteenth no. minute, Chicho makes a nice run, passes it to Acosta, who finds Vela on the left, and the first bit of controversy in this game, he gets pushed down by Powell. Absolutely no call in the box. It was a straight push. No contest, no nothing. And we're all there scratching our heads. Even the LAFC Twitter account had one of those thinking what the heck just happened emojis. That was clear and obvious that should have been a penalty in the box. Look, as far as I know, at least a year or two ago, FC Cincinnati finally got internet and closed circuit TV and all that kind of stuff. They're making it sound like so they're there in like should Bucharest, be Romania. No reason that they shouldn't be able to go to VAR for something like that I get it okay maybe you missed the call in the box you are a pro referee for that matter so look if you miss the <laughs> which call which means you are awful that's fine but you know what why not go back to VAR take a look at it and, and to me look they called it on new who of Seattle in the last match why not call it here it was a blatant push in the back and he clipped part of Carlos Vela's leg absolutely ridiculous that that is not a PK in the 18th minute a soft yellow on Yuya Kubo and in the 22nd minute, Philly, oh. what we saw over and over again was Roman Celestino. Celentano. 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 Roman Celentano. I'll get it right. I promise. With his first. It doesn't of- matter what his name is. <laughs> it's several big saves. Isn't Roman Reigns related to The Rock, by the he, way? He is. Okay, I said Roman. Along with a lot got, of other yeah, talented yeah, lot professional of wrestlers. How do we find a way to, met, to, to tie in professional Roman, wrestling with Roman every LAFC podcast? Roman Celentano. Roman, Roman Reigns. I was trying. I I don't know. Uh, Mahala with it from about five yards out. And again, the DJ Calvin Harris picking up a yellow in the 22nd minute as well. I thought that Cheeky was a little off with his passing early there in the 23rd. And I know a lot of people that watch 110 football think I'm a hater of Cheeky Palacios, but no, he has been playing much better as of late. And Philly in the 24th minute. I thought that's where here? that's that that's where uh, Steve Chirondolo saw Daniil Henry make another bad sliding this time a missed tackle and thought all right we got to get Sebastian Nibiaga up and warmed up that was rough but a nice easy save by Maxime Cropot on a little worm burner and another save Philly in the 28th right before that sub that I was just talking about I mean Daniil Henry got absolutely burned absolutely burned by Dominique Baji why does Dominique Baji ring a bell in terms of LAFC history? Because last season, he was a member of the Colorado Rapids. Last season, he ended up scoring a goal against LAFC. On decision day, a 5-2 loss for LAFC. Dominique Baji, a solid role player for the Colorado Rapids, and we all know how their regular season turned out. Colorado had one of their best regular seasons in club history. Obviously, their playoffs turned out to be rather... Uh, piss poor, but Dominique Baji putting Daniil Henry in his pocket, and that is a big man to put in your pocket, especially <laughs> if you are the size of Dominique Baji, but goes to show you that Steve Chirondolo making the substitutions when they matter, when they count, and we're going to talk about this in the start of the second half, but Sebastian Ibiaga came in at a really good time, but without Mama Dufal, without Eddie Segura, if you look at our bench with the insertion of Sebastian Ibiaga, the only person that you have left to sub in for a backline defender is Franco Escobar, and Escobar isn't a center back. So right off the bat, a really piss-poor, bad FC Cincinnati team giving LAFC a run for their money. Yeah, look, uh, and just when we thought we solidified the back line, getting Henry out of there, Ibiaga in, uh, four minutes into his shift, 33rd minute of the match, it's a yellow for Sebastian Ibiaga. 
Jeebus, creepus. So <laughs> illegal Jesus hands creepus. to the face is, I believe, what the call would be if we were watching NFL football. It's a yellow for Ibiaga. And just like that, he's now playing on a yellow for the last hour or so of the match. We saw FC Cincinnati go under the wall there on the free kick in the 35th minute. In the 36th minute, a long shot from Sifu just over the bar. And another big save from Celitano in the 42nd minute. But Philly, in stoppage time. Let's talk about it. We got three minutes of stoppage time. And we are in the third minute. If we can just escape into halftime, nil-nil. We would have played very poorly, but still at least been able to make those patented Steve Chirundolo second-half adjustments. And Maxime Cropot said, nah, I like a little bit more degree of difficulty. So the saying, and I heard this from a coach of mine back in the day, sometimes fatigue makes a coward out of us all. And those boys, those, those boys clearly played with fatigue. They just really wanted the whistle to end. Maxime Crepeau had an absolutely bad clearance that led to an FC Cincinnati counter and a goal by Acosta, a player that we are going to pretty much spit on and hate next time we see him in Bank of California Stadium. He beat Maxime Cripo. He beat three LAFC defenders. And again, at this point, playing down to the level of our opponents, there is no reason why we should have given up that goal. I don't want to blame Maxime. He's played great. He's an outstanding keeper. Arguably, he's going to be our best keeper. But that goal is on him because he had a bad clearance that led to that FC Cincinnati counter. And we go into the half, starting out slow, once again with our backs against the wall, 1-0. Yeah, to me, it's simple. LAFC did not value possession in the first half. Possession doesn't necessarily win you games, but possession can help you keep control of them. And I thought LAFC, there were just far too many times where they did not value possession. So Philly, we go into the half, down one nothing. But look, if there's any coach that I trust in all of Major League Soccer to make the second half adjustments, though we're only eight games in to the Dolo Ball era, it is one Steve Chirundolo, formerly of Hanover 96. This man makes better adjustments than any other coach in the second half and we would see that once again in the 48th minute I thought I it was telling where FC Cincinnati doubles Carlos Vela on every single touch that he has and in the 52nd minute big save by Maxime Cropo keeping it one nothing but Mahalo Poku is going to be seeing Roman Celitano in his sleep when he goes to bed tonight as he's on the plane getting away from beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio in the 53rd minute I as like a Poku Queen City. gets saved. You can have it. you uh, got to go. It's actually not bad. Skyline I, Chili, as much as I'm look, in fun of, is pretty next, good. Next time we play FC Cincinnati in Cincinnati, you and I will go. It'll be a great time. Great and American then, ballpark, baseball season. I'm like watching you. a Reds game. And, and then we'll leave. It'll be great. Huh. 54th minute, LAFC. How many different touches inside the box, Giggity, and they still couldn't make anything happen. That was a little disappointing, but Philly... In the 59th minute, we talked about needing something from our midfield. Shooting from outside the box? Well, look, one Acosta deserves another. That, that, that's probably the name of the episode right there. <laughs> it's one of those Pee Wee's Playhouse type references. Right? Absolutely incredible. Off of a set piece, Kellen Acosta winds up. We got to credit Blackett. 
It deflected right off of him. FC Cincinnati's blacket, that is. We'll take it. And Kellen Acosta, welcome to LAFC. You get yourself on that scoring card in FC Cincinnati. FC Skyline Chile. This was a really good and important goal because up until this point, LAFC playing like all they did was overdose on a bunch of Skyline Chile playing flat-footed, playing heavy, playing slow. But Kellen Acosta getting the team on the boards, and thank God their offense to a certain extent was anemic. You didn't mention this because, well, we were all crowding and filing back back into House of Football. That 46-minute Chicho Arango had himself a decent look on Celentano, but a lot of the shots that LAFC was taking up to this point were going directly into the hands of the keeper. The stats might indicate that this kid got had his work cut out for him, but a lot of the shots that were taken ended up going directly into his hands. Look, he made a bunch of great saves today as well. In the 62nd minute, Philly, you and I are uh, LAFC, uh, I would say, aficionados. We, we, we pay attention to the stats. Uh, I did not know that in the 62nd minute when they showed the stat, LAFC has conceded zero goals in the second half of MLS matches so far this season. Thought it would have been I, bad broadcast I, juju. I, I looked at I looked at you and I felt like Wayne's World. I was not aware of that. <laughs> like that was totally. that was pretty great. In the 65th minute, back to back corners for FC Cincinnati and Cheeky Palacios. Maybe the save of the match went from Cheeky Palacios's head as he's on the back line off a deflection, and then Philly in the 67th minute. You and I both had to check ourselves for a minute. It's another. Jeff Cameron sighting, 36-year-old, former U.S. men's national team player, quite a while ago, Jeff Cameron. Don't forget the fact that he represented QPR, Queens Park Rangers, at some point in his career. He's your age, Scarf. He's Well, no, I wish I was 36 again. He's 36. He's got me, uh, I've got him, excuse me, by three years. Philly, Wait a he, second, you're, you're how old then? I'm 39. Oh, okay. I was see that was sorry. The, the correct that answer was, is that was the setup defenders. The, he is on the verge of joining the fourth floor. The that correct was my answer way is of sticking it to him. Not yet forty. Not yet forty. Yeah, is the yeah, yeah. Answer. You're a math teacher. You round up when it's thirty nine and a half. Listen, you are rounding up. Thank to goodness 40. I'm not thirty nine and a half. Join me on the yet. fourth floor, Scott. I've got time. Look, chaos in the box after they sub in Jeff Cameron in the sixty eighth minute. LAFC able to di- avert disaster as Brenner is offside. Sifu with a long shot from distance and in the 72nd minute Philly a substitution that would change the match it is Moose coming into the match along with Latif Blessing for Chicho Arango and Jose Cifuentes look entering the weekend they showed the stat LAFC leading MLS you talked about the broadcaster jinx how about the broadcasters actually helping us out with a stat there LAFC leading MLS with five goals from substitutions coming into the match. But wait, there's more. Yep, there was a blessing and a moose sighting. And this was really good. Steve Chirundolo making the subs, as you were saying, when it matters, when it counts. It's as if LAFC is a completely different team. Anytime subs come in, and quite honestly, it doesn't matter if it's Sifu coming off the bench or if it's Blessing. Coming off of the bench, good things happen within, what, three, four minutes of Moose getting into the game. LAFC had a situation in which, well, there was a ball. It was played. Bad clearance by (laughs) FC Cincinnati. Carlos Vela comes off the back of his foot, finds a streaking Moose. (laughs) How's about that for a mental image? A streaking Moose. A streaking Moose. And in his second straight game. Because he scored. He'd scored in, he the, scored in the U.S. Cup. Open Cup game. Daniel Not once, Mo- but twice, by the way. Exactly. Daniel Musovsky getting on the board, and that is the sixth goal by a substitution this season. And Danny the Moose 
dare I say, one of the better finishers in Major League Soccer. Certainly a better finisher than one, well, Brian. Hot take. With all due respect to Brian. I like Brian, but Moose. No, you don't. Moose is such a better (laughs) finisher than Brian is. USL money versus DP money, and Moose has way more goals, way more goal assists, way more statistical anything (laughs) than your boy Brian, which, by the way, by the way, we're still waiting for that song. Listen, uh, first of all, let's talk about just a couple minutes earlier with Luciano Acosta faking an injury there as he got his big toenail stepped on. (laughs) That would be the start of us not liking Luchi Acosta in the 82nd minute. Ilya Sanchez coming out of nowhere. A sliding block in the middle of the box. And just when you thought we were starting to put FC Cincinnati away, in the scarf minute, the 83rd, FC Cincinnati not going anywhere as LAFC dodges a bullet. That's not what my notes say. As a shot wide by Cruz. I very rarely write my notes this poorly. That was fun. Hmm. Two more big saves for the FC Cincinnati Shout out to 1800 Tequila for getting scarf off track. Right, thank you. The, the official uh, tequila of LAFC, <laughs> by the way. They said that over and over again during that, uh, the, the event here at, at uh, House of Football. Two more big saves for Celitano in the 86th minute. How does LAFC, excuse me, how does Latif, thank you, 1800 Tequila, how does Latif not put that ball on frame, Philly? He is, what, five yards, three yards, right in front of the box, right in front of goal? Come on, I mean, had he, had, he looked, uh, had he looked a little quicker, he would have saw Danny Musovsky. I mean, they were two-on-one two on, on the yep. counter. Latif missing badly. Look, Latif, the Energizer Bunny, causing chaos wherever he goes. The one thing that Latif isn't good with, and he hasn't really been good with this since 2018, yeah. is putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, Latif, look. I mean, he got robbed of a goal, I mean, not that long ago, but still, Latif Blessing, not a reliable goal scorer. Yeah, look, he does a lot for us, but, but certainly not goals. In the 87th minute, a little bit of worry, a little bit of trepidation. 87th minute, Carlos Vela coming off for Cal Jennings. There was a little limp from him as he comes off. And, and I do want to mention, Philly, I think it actually happened on the goal-scoring play with Danny Musovsky. There was a little back heel by Carlos Vela. It was Carlos Vela who intercepted the ball and made the pass forward ahead to a, like you said, a streaking moose down the left-hand side. And maybe it's there. Maybe he overextends himself a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit of a calf injury or a hamstring or a thigh, something. But look, anytime Carlos Vela is doing anything other than clapping with the 32-52 at the end of the match, I always worry if he comes off the pitch. But that being said, Cal Jennings into the match in what I believe, Philly, is his first minutes in black and gold this year, 2022. Cal Jennings coming on for the first time in Major League Soccer regular season matches. We, we got a couple of young kids, well, one young kid coming on in Ordonez and Hottis Madunjanin coming on in the 89th minute in Philly. It's hold on to your butts time. Four minutes of stoppage. Four minutes. Four minutes indeed. In 90th plus three, there was a play in towards the box by FC Cincinnati, but thankfully Maxime Cripeau was there to intercept, and shortly thereafter, we had a little bit of drama in the, box. in the box. Our, our, our buddy Acosta, you want to talk about faking the injury? Right. It sort of reminded me of that scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall <laughs> where she's in there with Aldous Snow faking a, a, an orgasm, and he's looking at that. He's like, did you fake that? I'm 
deeply, deeply offended. It was like one of those scenarios. I'm like, really, bro? You're going to fake an injury that badly? We saw the replay. That was absolute dog-ish. Absolute dog Parents who listen to the podcast, you can have fun explaining that to your kids later, huh? Uh, well, poop. Poop. We'll just <laughs> no, refer not to it that. as poop. The other stuff. The- oh. Oh. Yeah, I forgot that we are. Hey, I'm still being semi-family friends. No, you're friends. totally we're fine. We're PG-13 I, today, I, not I, PG. You're, you're totally fine. That was, look. But yeah, Costa came up, uh, banged heads with Holling's yep. head, and yeah, some tempers flared. But you want to say something? When tempers flared, when there was drama throughout the game, yeah. you know who's in the middle and through the thick of things? Uh, Maxime Crepeau. Maxime Crepeau. I love Maxime Doesn't matter Crepeau. whether it was in the middle. Midfield, or whether it was, you know, on the, on the sidelines, like by the goal. Maxime Crippo yeah. there to defend his boys, and I love that. Yeah, four yellow cards in the last uh, couple minutes of stoppage time between Danny Masovsky, Maxime Crippo, Tyler Blackett, and Dominic Baji. But you know what? I, I did see after the match, uh, Musovsky and Baji kind of hug it out for a little bit. Everybody seemed like they were fine. Everyone pretty fired up there. But in front of a pretty solid crowd, to be perfectly honest, at TQL Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. It is a three-point victory. That's right, three points for LAFC on the road, 20,883 out there at TQL Stadium. Despite the best efforts of Ismail Elfath and the pro referees, LAFC Philly coming out of this with three more big points on the road. Philly, let me ask you, your player, your man of the match, if you will. My man of the match. My man of the match. He my acts man as if of it's a match. surprise. He knows this question is coming. That's a really, really good question. What do you mean I know the answer? You're asking no, me? No, I'm saying you know the question is coming. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go first? All right, I'll go first. And then I'll go next. All right, look. I, I thought, again, the, the play by Carlos Vela in this match was a little less than superstar-like, other than obviously the patch pass to Danny Musovsky. I thought we were looking for a little bit more from Chicho Arango. We were looking for a little bit more from Mahala Opoku. And I thought, again, it was the subs who saved the day. Danny Musovsky making the right run. I'm going to give Moose my player of the match because you know what? When you win 2-1 and you get the game-winning goal on the road relatively late in the match when a team has not been playing well, it's Steve Chirondolo again, pressing the right buttons, making the right substitutions. Danny Masovsky with LAFC's MLS leading sixth goal by a substitute in the match. He has the game-winning goal, and he gets my fictional man-of-the-match scarf. I mean, I, I would have to say... And we've kind of talked about it throughout the course of the season. He hasn't really had his work cut out for him. Maxime Cripo had six saves today. Yep. Six saves. So I will give him my man of the match because he obviously kept LAFC into the game. He was in the thick of things, battling it out there, defending his boys. I, I like the way he played. In seasons past, we've been a little less than stellar in between the pipes. <laughs> Kenneth Vermeer was an absolute bust for us. He was. And it goes to show you being the third string keeper uh, in the depth chart for FC Cincinnati goes to show you how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Tyler Miller was who Tyler Miller was, but I mean, he lost his job to Dane St. Clair and well, at least Tyler Miller got paid. Buba Lopez, well, he never necessarily did anything. So Maxime Cripo, again, making a case for why he is the best keeper already in LAFC history. Six solid saves, getting into the thick things. I like Maxime Cripo. Yeah, look, through all MLS regular season matches played in April, Philly, we get to say it best in the West and best in MLS as LAFC. Feels so good Now to say number in one in the Supporter Shield race, 19 points from eight 
matches, averaging 2.38 points per match, 6, 1, and 1 on the season. Austin, though, has caught us and passed us again in goals scored. Uh, and they also, Which is utterly insane. Drew, you see doing his thing. Right? I mean, I am utterly blown away by what's going on in Austin, Texas. Look, 5-1-2, and two, wow. 19 goals scored by LAFC puts us firmly in second place behind Austin's 20. Our goal differential of 11, just two teams with double-digit goal differential. And shoot, there aren't even that many teams in Major League Soccer with positive goal differential. But again, we're behind Austin. And Austin making it work at home 4-0-1. Whereas LAFC, even though we are undefeated at home, Philly, 3-1 and on the road. Very happy to be taking 9 of 12 possible points on the road. You and I both know those are the points that really matter. So we're two points up on the Supporters' Shield race. And, of course, we are tops in the West. Look, I know that the Open Cup matters to a lot of people, but if we win the Supporters' Shield, if we win the West, if we win the whole damn MLS Cup, any of those things will lead us to CONCACAF Champions League once again. Philly, we are all done with games in April. That's insane that we are starting May. Right. It is utterly <laughs> insane that we are starting May. May day for every other team in Major League Soccer but LAFC. I think there was a report where people, uh, well, MLS teams all across the nation are going, oh, crap, these guys are back. And there was an article that came out in the LA Times by our good friend, Kevin Baxter, in which, well, he wrote that the same message is there for LAFC, but rather than coming from a frown of Bob Bradley, it is coming from the smile of a Steve Chirondolo. That also comes from the auspices of him interviewing Greg Vanny and Greg Vanny giving his approach. Yep. That's like a reporter, and I will quote Jonathan Reimer from Shoulder to Shoulder saying this, that is like having an article about the Yankees and interviewing the Red Sox manager in a game in which they did not play to talk about the level of play of the New York Yankees. It once again shows you all the slant that Kevin Baxter speaks with. Even when he wants to compliment our club, he finds a way to stick it to us very, you know, cautiously by interviewing <laughs> Greg Vanny. I mean, come on. Everything in that article in the LA Times was written really nicely until you had to quote Greg Vanny in an article that really didn't flip and matter at the end of the day. Kevin Baxter, that open invitation is still there to you for We're you to waiting. talk to us. Uh, please show us a little bit of intestinal fortitude. I can't wait to actually see you in the press box at Bank of California Stadium because I will still question your intestinal fortitude. But still, nonetheless, the message for LAFC is clear, a message that was started by Bob Bradley. Play the level of play that you've been playing. But what Steve Chirondolo is saying, do it with a smile, it's clearly shown. And for LAFC not to concede, they have not conceded a goal in the second half all season long. Far in, in MLS regular season play. Far different than what we saw during Bob Bradley's tenure. And, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling this scarf. Yep. It's feeling pretty darn good. Again, it's still too early to say anything. But yep. the fact that they can come from behind and play the way they did. The only time I ever saw them really play this way was during the COVID Cup. They had a couple of games in which they came from behind sure. and really battled through, sure. but that was a very short period of time. Sure. This, uh, there's been several scenarios where they've done that this season, and I'm feeling pretty darn optimistic. I've gone from cautious to cautiously optimistic right now, and I'm confident in saying cautiously optimistic. I can't wait to make that next upgrade. Well, look, what I'm really excited about moving forward, 
Uh, we've got a ton of home games. We have a ton of games, first of all, in general in May. A ton of home games, though. We're going to have plenty of opportunities to be back in black, back at Bank of California Stadium. A very quick scheduling with the scarf, and then we're going to get out of here because I think the people at Saturday's Football want to go home eventually, too. So, look, let's Wouldn't go over you? our quick schedule in May. We start out with Uno de Mayo. That's right, the 1st of May, where we play Minnesota at LAFC. That's right, at the bank. Tyler Miller will be right there on the bench for everybody to talk to with Dane St. Clair starting May 1st we get Minnesota May 7th we get Philadelphia who right now has been the Eastern Conference's best team in Major League Soccer we get them at <laughs> home this year didn't look that way this weekend against Montreal <laughs> right by the way. and then a game that has been added to our schedule Philly on May 10th, the 103rd running of the U.S. Open Cup will go through Bank of California. And just like in 2019, Philly, Portland comes to the bank looking to end our Open Cup run. That is May 10th. Oh, let's keep going with the four more matches. That's right. Four more matches. On the 14th, LAFC travels to our personal house of horrors last year. That would be Dick's Sporting Goods Park <laughs> in beautiful Commerce City, Colorado, to take on Jossie Zardis and That's the Colorado your boy. Rapids. Hawthorne's finest. That's right. Look, I'm a Jossie Zardis fan. I, I know everybody who's U.S. men's national team supporters. They're not big fans of Jossie. Obviously, LAFC fans, with Jossie being a member of Carson for quite some time. I don't care. I like Jossie Zardis. How about... FC Broccoli coming to Los Angeles on the 18th. Bank of California Stadium hosting, all right, all right, all right, FC Austin. And then we travel to Lower.com Field. Why would you want your field called Lower.com? The Columbus crew will get LAFC. It will, it'll be black and gold against yellow and black. It'll be weird. Philly's playing on his phone right now. I have no idea what he's doing. And then Philly, unfortunately, we don't yet get to travel up to beautiful PayPal Park. No, San Jose comes down to LAFC fresh off a 4-3 beating of Seattle. Well, it's not going to be fresh off, right? Because it's like a month away. But the final game in May is San Jose coming to the bank. If you counted it, they're at home. That is seven. Seven. Ah, ah, ah. Seven <laughs> home, uh, seven there. matches for LAFC in May and Philly. Five of them are at the bank. What a month of May we will be Celebrate having. good times. Come, Come on. on. No, this is exciting stuff. I mean, we've spent so much time away from Bega California Stadium these past couple of weeks, with the exception of that Sporting Kansas City match. Yep. Uh, yeah, a lot of good things coming our way. Uh, we're going to be playing at SoFi. That's going to be fun within its own right. Yeesh. We'll talk more about that as yeah, we get that, a little bit that'll, closer that'll to it. That'll be something certainly worth talking about, and I would imagine it would be cool to have some some Club America LAFC supporters on right, here. Right, right, right. Right, right. Uh, certainly not any galaxy what's, people. What's we crazy don't want to grace Philly, our, our, our pod with any of that. No, not at all. Philly, unless we, uh, when we, I should say, go further in the Open Cup. But as of right now, Portland we have. again, man? Come well, on. Well, we have seven games scheduled in May. We have seven games scheduled total in June and July combined. So it'll be a little bit of a break for LAFC after the gauntlet of seven matches in May. Philly, 19 points through eight matches. Top of the table. 
And, and now we, we get to sit in traffic on our way to Titan Stadium on the beautiful campus of Cal State Fullerton as we go watch the Portland Thorns come down to Fullerton, California, right near Los Angeles, to take on Angel City Football Club in what I believe is their final match of the Challenge Cup. Philly, any final thoughts on this match? It was a, a look, it wasn't the best that LAFC played. Again, it was one of those situations where you played down to the level of your opponent, and it was quite frustrating for, for, for a while. It was very frustrating, especially considering the fact that FC Cincinnati didn't have their best players in the game. But nevertheless, what the, the talents and the traits that a championship team will show are you come from behind, regardless, or you win games when they matter in LAFC. We could have called this a trap game. We could have called it whatever. They could have yeah. completely overlooked FC yeah. Cincinnati. But you know what? They went into TQL. They took care of business. Not a superb game, but nevertheless, they still battled, took care of things, got three points on the road, which is a very difficult thing to do in all of Major League Soccer. And, I mean, this is a testament to uh, the coaching tactics. Coaching tactics won this game. Pat Noonan had the upper hand until Steve Chirondolo made his substitutions. Once those subs came in, the entire game changed, and so did LAFC's fate today. Bravo to Steve Chirondolo. Bravo to the black and gold, and bravo to the fact that we finally get to say yet again, best in the West. Best, best in, in MLS. MLS. That's right. One last quick thank you. A quick shout out to everybody here at Saturday's Football and House of Football on York Boulevard. If you have not come out to Saturday's football. You are bugging. There is a veritable cornucopia of soccer kits out here, football kits. This is the place to be in Los Angeles. If you need a kit from any club worldwide, make sure you get out to Saturday's football. Hell and yeah. if they're having a watch party, it doesn't matter if it's for a Serie A game, a La Liga game, or of course, for the black and gold. Make sure you get out to the basement down at the House of Football. We love our friends here at Saturday's Football and, and House kids. of Football. Buy a kid if you're here. Mention Support Philly. local business, baby. Yeah, mention Philly in the scarf. They'll probably charge you double or something. I don't even know what will <laughs> happen. But that being said, Philly, we had a beautiful time here at Saturday's Football. We're going to have a beautiful time sitting together in traffic. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes here at Defenders of the Bank. Bye-bye.